everyone how are you doing in this episode i'm going to talk with tommy aditya indonesian delegation for y20 summit 2020 conducted by saudi arabia he's also part of the indonesian youth diplomacy to talk about and uh, the challenges and opportunities of youth in the post covid-19 world um first i'm going to ask him about the way to distinguish um the y20 or youth 20 with g20 uh how is it different and then as the delegation of indonesia i also want to ask him and uh, the main message delivered by the indonesian delegations to the g20 leaders during the summit i also want to ask him about how should young people against the feeling of pessimistic about facing the future and then how does he see the opportunities we have as youth amid this uncertain uh, world without further ado let's talk to him hi tommy how are you doing hi nodo doing great here thank you for having me uh, here at your podcast it's it's my pleasure to be here great thank you for your time i know you're very busy i'm so honored to having you here uh, especially to discuss your participation at the y20 saudi arabia summit um for for our listeners who might not know about this so what is y20 and how can we understand the differences between y20 and g20 and 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 who are the Indo- uh, representatives of indonesia to the y20 meeting this year tom okay sure i think to start with i'll explain what g20 is so it's more structured um so g20 is the official country representative that discusses like wide ranging global emerging issues in two spheres first they discuss about the financial and economic and the second sphere they discuss about the development issues and this g20 consists of 20 countries representing like 100% of the world gdp 80% of the global trade and two third of the world's population so the hope is that the discussion in the g20 is actually representative to the what's happening in the world and we as y20 is actually the official g20 engagement groups that specific seeing the problems from youth perspectives so i think uh that's about the g20 and y20 and for this year the delegates uh there are three delegates being chosen for the y20 saudi arabia this year the first one is rahayu saraswati uh, she is the head of delegate and the second one is gracia bilimagasar and the last one is me oh awesome so it's a, a youth version of g20 right uh yes but i think i would like to emphasize that we talk more about the development sites not on the finance and economic sites because g20 is very you know large mm, i see so um, do you want to share the main message delivered by the indonesian delegations to the y20 meeting this year uh sure i think uh to put it into context first let me discuss about what um we discussed during the y20 and like uh, the y20 summit so um the topic for the g20 for this year by saudi arabia is actually realizing opportunities of the 21st century for all especially for women and youth 
So it's interesting to have the youth here because Saudi Arabia, um, I think like two thirds of the Saudi population is actually under 35. So youth is very relevant for them. And the Y20 is the youth version of the G20. So uh, we talk mostly under three streams, right? First is future fit. Second is youth empowerment. And the third is global citizenship. And under this um, streams, like we covered so many issues. We covered like uh, employment, energy sustainability, digital economy, education, and many others. You can check it out in our community case. But I think uh, to your question about what the Indonesian delegates advocate for, um, if I could summarize it without um, taking less credits of the other points, mm -hmm. I think I can summarize it to three things. The first one is about youth inclusion in the decision-making leadership, where youth must be empowered to lead changes in, you know, in their own respective institutions, like be it political, the government, or the private sectors. And the second one, it's about inequity between regions and countries. I think um, here we represent Indonesia as the emerging countries among these all mostly uh, developed countries in the G20 forum, right? We want to make sure that we represent the voice of Southeast Asia. We want to make sure that we represent the voice of emerging countries as well. And not only talking about the international perspectives, uh, looking inward as well, we want to address the inequity that's happening between like rural and urban areas as well. So let's say in terms of you know, internet access or like um, education opportunities for all. So those inequities uh, really um, hit hard, I think, to Indonesia. And the last point, I think this is what I'm passionate about because it's being discussed under the future fit stream, which is entrepreneurship. And I think I'm a bit biased here because I'm a bit channeling my soon-to-be MBA candidate next year. I want to go to the university as well next year, following you, Noto. And I think I want to establish as well a future career in entrepreneurship. So, um, here at the entrepreneurship stream, I think uh, I passionately talk about the necessity to have like entrepreneurial mindset, encourage more risk-taking, problem-solving, financial literacy, just to, you know, uh, having entrepreneurship as a means to overcome the unknown future of work. Oh, awesome. So, um, Tommy, I, I think um, Y20 Summit this year is totally different like the previous ones. Uh, I mean, uh, this is convened during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, like, um, I'm sure many people, many young people are feeling pessimistic about facing the future now. So uh, I, I'm curious to know what's your thoughts on how do you see the opportunities we have as youth amidst this uncertain world? I mean, you have a plan to continue your study next year. I, I mean, you're quite sure on what should you do to face this uncertain world by enriching more knowledge, right? But what's your, what, what's your suggestion for many people out there who haven't thought about how to face this uncertain uh, situation? Uh, great question. But let me ask you first, did you follow or did you uh, attend the Y20 Summit uh, last week? I follow, I follow one of the sessions, but not all. But uh, nice. I, yeah, I like the multicultural session, multi, multicultural uh, session talking about multicultural. So yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. I think, I think like, um, so like um, having you seeing that uh, Y20 Summit being convened, I think it's fair to say that um, the youths are actually very optimistic. Don't you think so? 
So the question that I want to kind of like rhetorically ask is that why should youths be pessimistic of the future? First, because I think the future of work is going to be more digitalized and it's going to be like tech savvy. And it is actually opportunities for youths to embrace. And we can lead these changes with digitalization. And in fact, during the Y20 summit, <laughs> there is a representative from the older generation that states that the future of work or digitalization should be more inclusive for the older generation. So the ones that being afraid to be left behind are actually the older generations, not the younger generation. So I think we should see this future or like uncertain future world in a more optimistic way. But um, I'm not discrediting others that have that face like challenges in preparing themselves to overcome or like to prepare for the future, uncertain future, right? So what I would like to highlight here is actually you know, um, just to really self-improve yourself and um, prepare yourself for the uncertain future, either it's by school or like just learning from all available courses that you can have right now by a single touch of your internet and get certified. That's the first thing. And second, I think in order to prepare for this future, uh, uncertain future, you need to talk and collaborate more with other youths. And I think, I think COVID has given us the chance to be more digitally connected with one another. Like right now, I'm here in Jakarta, and I can just you know uh, talk to you like in London, and we have like these uh, time differences, but we can just overcome it. The internet. It's very easy to network with people from other countries right now, and when you talk with more youths from different countries, you realize that we are all facing the same common challenges. And we as youths can, you know, shape the future as well as what we want to be in the future because we are in the same boat. And I think the last but not least, uh, the more important part about the future of work is the digital economy. I want to elaborate more on that, um, especially on the aspects of public and private partnerships. So as someone working in the public sector, I believe that the COVID-19 and the accelerates the digital economy. And this technology actually creates ample opportunities for youths to contribute either to the public sector, to renew the system, to create partnerships, and just to build you know, a better economy and a better country together between the public and the private. So yeah, there are like a lot of opportunities for youths in the future. And I don't think it's something that we need to be scared about. Great. Thank you for pointing out the needs for us to keep improving our skills, which is pretty much in line with the future jobs. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know what's your uh, thoughts on uh, the ways you see how COVID-19 have some implications on the future jobs. So do you think has, uh, COVID-19 has transformed the structure of our labor markets? Um, I think... I want to point out one of the surveys it's, uh, in, in the Y20 white paper in regards to COVID-19, how youths view the COVID-19 challenges, right? So this, the paper suggests that 69% of the G20 youth expect that employment and the labor market, as you mentioned it, to recover to the pre-COVID within two years. And when you think about it, two years kind of like, it's not very long time, but I think like we are quite optimistic about the future's gonna be normalized 
sooner rather than later. The next question is, how can we prepare for the future labor market? Because we just don't know what the future is going to be, right? Because of the COVID. Yep. The trend right now is, you know, people talking about automation, technology, digitalization, um, that creates like a demand for skills that we're never heard of. Like, you know, like a decade ago, you've never heard jobs like social media influencer, podcasters, AI specialists, data scientists. These are all new emerging jobs. but that we have identified at the moment. However, in the future, like there are still many jobs that yet to be invented. So we just don't know. Like we know that we are in the state of the known unknown in regards to future job, but we're not sure like, you know, how this digital revolution will bring us. So I think again, like to prepare for the future labor market, you need to focus more on the um, uh, upskilling yourself and I am, you know, I can talk long about entrepreneurship as well, if you want to. <laughs> okay, so um, I think the, the, the ability to engage with the digital uh, world has always, I mean, always uh, help us to, to make our um, development, economic development more sustained, right? Uh, yep. But I want to... Uh, point out to you that uh, we all we all know that the consequences of COVID nineteen pandemic have disrupted uh, the focus on and priorities of the G twenty governments. Um, I'm curious to know what's your thinking on how do you see the progress of SDGs implementation. Uh, do you think countries, especially the G twenty countries, are going towards more sustained development? And what are the suggestions of this young 20, uh, youth 20 leaders uh, to, the, to the G20 leaders in this regard? Um, okay, before answering to that question, I think, um, do you mind if I talk more about the point of entrepreneurship? Because I think uh, it's an important point that I, or like the Indonesian delegation advocated during the white 20s Sure, sure, please, please do it. Okay, sure. I think uh, relating back to the question of the future um, uh, labor market that you mentioned, right? So the idea that I want to highlight is about the entrepreneurship, which means that, um, you know, it's very important for Indonesian youths right now because the Indonesian youths create like 2 million jobs per year in order to absorb the new uh, incoming labor forces each year. That's based on statistics from 2010 to 2009. So the average of these 2 million new workforce every year need to be absorbed by the economy, right? But, you know, with the increasing risk of digitalization, it is very um, unlikely for the government to be able to absorb that with a quality job. So it is very, you know, utopian for the government to to for us for the youth to rely on the government to provide these jobs and i believe this is where entrepreneurship should come in place so rather than having youths with the mindset of job seeking we should shift it to more job creating and you know enabling that can overcome the risk of unemployment in the future because we can stand on our own feet and i think during the y20 the Indonesian delegates proposed an idea of having like financial literacy and financial inclusion to be standardized across the G20 countries. And the idea is that by having 
financial literacy and inclusion from early on uh, in the young ages, we can capture the data and we can also teach them about the importance to you know finance to to manage your finance fi manage your finance, and it is our hope that by having that skill and that data, this aspiring young entrepreneurs later in the future can get um, a better and like a cheaper access of financing to start their own enterprises. And I think entrepreneurship is the key to face this unknown labor market in the future, so that they can create their own job and you know becoming like a digital entrepreneurship like what we have seen mm, emerging but now. okay so but tom uh you know uh we we, we clearly see that many even um transnational corporations have collapsed right i mean they are not able to survive during this time shall we need our economy to be recovered first and then we are able to create jobs or we can also we can still doing that even uh, before the economic fully recover I think I think like the point that I want to mention is to shift the mindset first, mm, especially mm. catering for youths, right? Okay. In terms of uh, making it like a short-term goal, I think it's very important to address the COVID-19 first. But if you want to encourage more entrepreneurship for youths, I think it's important to invest as early as possible. You know, like the, the, these companies, these big companies can create like a consortium for uh like between businesses to teach like skills in their for their um forces actually this is an idea that we talk about during the y20 and the delegates agree that companies should teach them not only about the skills that are relevant to their jobs but also about entrepreneurship entrepreneurial skills so that's an idea that we propose as well to the to the y20 and yeah i think i think um i think we can done we can do that parallelly without waiting one another okay nice so do you want to touch my question about sdg or you want to oh sure sure <laughs> sorry i am no becoming, uh, passionate, <laughs> too passionate about that uh so about sdgs um uh, sure so um let me picture i think you've seen this picture right when there is an ocean and near the beach and then like there's the first wave and the first wave we call it the COVID wave we thought that the COVID wave seems so big but the following wave after that is bigger than that it's the climate change wave we call it so i think we are right in the midst of that picture we kind of see like COVID-19 as like you know something really novel something really new that i'm presented that we need to take care about and tackle about it. But the following wave that we're going to face is way bigger than that. And that's where the SDGs implementation need to be in place. And there is no way that we should let COVID-19 hamper the progress of SDGs implementation. And to follow up on that, I think Indonesia has been um, really aggressive well in terms of realizing the SDGs. I know that we have ratified the Paris Agreement in 2016, and I think we are committed to reduce the carbon emission by 2030. And in fact, the Indonesian government under the finance minister, they have included you know, this commitment under the NDC, the Nationally uh, Determined Contribution, as well in our RPJMN, Rencana Pembangunan Jangka Menengah Nasional, for up to 2024. So we have allocated the budgets to realize for um, implementing these SDGs goals. But I think the issue that I want to highlight here 
um, because I came from the central bank and the financing. Mm-hmm. I believe that financing to realize this um, SDG implementation is going to be difficult because the government budget allocation will not be enough. If we, we want to touch upon the 17 pillars of this SDGs, right? So sustainable financing is the key, like how we can encourage more participation, like private sector, the public sector, mm-hmm. the international organizations to contribute towards realizing these goals. And this is where youths can actually take and have their place as well. So the role of youths in influencing finance is equally important. So I just attended like a seminar, um, um, I think last week, yeah. Uh, that that talk about how we can influence like youths to be more sustainably aware. So let me put you in a perspective like this: youths can influence how these financial aspects to realize sustainable development by shaping the demand side of this whole equation. What do I mean by that? So youths, if we have preference to buy like um, you know kind of like sustainable goods, which are like you know less polluted eco-friendly or like just like community friendly and community development. I think uh, that will help to compensate the hidden cost for these businesses. For example, like if we opt to purchase like sustainable batik warehouses, let's say that create less pollution and that empowers their community, it will actually compensate them to have like a better life, quality of life to reduce their health risk from the chemical uh, in comparison to the normal batik, right? So if we opt to choose these businesses, we can help them to compensate for the hidden cost first. And the hidden cost is something that in the financial world, we don't really talk about because first it's very long-term and the financial institutions only look at it in the spectrum of short-term, right? So by shifting our demand towards these more um, sustainable goods, um, I think we can influence how later on the financial institutions can provide more funding for these small businesses that empower their local community. By having more access of finance, they can you know, produce things cheaper and we can purchase things more cheaper. And you know, it's just like a cycle that we can actually start as youths. So sorry to dwell quite long on that, but I think that idea really put into perspective how youths can take place in realizing the SDGs as well. Great, thank you so much. That was my last question, Tom. And then uh, thank you for bringing out a message for many young people out there that we need to keep improving our skills, especially our entrepreneurial skills, to be able to you know adapt with the evolving challenges that we have, especially in the post COVID nineteen world. Thank you so much uh, once again for joining me. Yep, it's my pleasure. Great. Thank you for having me. Great. Please stay safe and uh, goodbye. Yeah, stay safe. Bye.